Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Hey up, it is episode 23 of the Down at Third Man pod. We're back. It's been a good day of cricket. We've seen New Zealand win, which also means India lost, which I'm sure Aid and Jono would be very, very happy about. Um, England are now currently on in the T20 against Sri Lanka. I think it's fair to say England are, are dominating at the moment at 85. Um, not, not good so far from Sri Lanka, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Before we get going and before I introduce who's with me tonight, obviously we're supported by Woodstock Cricket, so if you're looking for any new kit, you know where to go. It's Woodstock Cricket's website. Use our discount code Thirdman25. Get 25% off. Get yourself a gun of a bat. Get yourself some really good softs as well. They've got nice hoodies in and loads, loads more other things as well. You won't get better because literally they have won all, and I mean all, of the awards by the, seams of, by the sounds of it. Also, we're supporting Cry, Cardiac Risk and the Young. Still got loads of bat stickers available, so again, just give us a shout if you want one. Right then, no Jono with us tonight, because Jono is doing his referee's fitness test, I believe. He ain't that, mate. <laughs> Into what's he doing now? No, no, he just won't oh, pass passing it. Oh, well, I don't know, mate. He, keeps, he must have passed it enough years now that... Should be a yeah, piece well, of piss to him. Bowled two balls and there's no way for fat lads to get involved, you know, pass that fitness test. Mate, I have seen some absolute states referee in the Football League, like Trevor Cattle and Graham Salisbury, mate. They are unfit. He can do it. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's a tease at cricket. The strangest tease I've ever seen in my life, mate. Oh, God. He has three hard-boiled eggs and then he says, can I crack them on your big meathead? I says, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And has two sausages for his teas. Interesting, to say the least. Um, I don't really know how to respond to that. Diet. That's his diet, his elite athlete's diet. Is it? Mm. Interesting. How are you anyway, dude? I'm very good, mate. Uh, you know, a bit of football on at five, cricket on in the middle, and a bit of footy on at the end. What a night. I know, sporting madness, isn't it? But it's great. Right then, I guess we may as well start off with a big game and today. World Test Championship final went to day six. They decided to have a reserve day after having two days rained off. It turned out to be a good idea. Went down to last hour. Good thrilling match, even though it was a very low scoring match. And the winners were New Zealand. Got the boys. Happy about that. Everyone's probably second favourite team, aren't they, after their own country? Well, they can't call New Zealand bottle jobs anymore, but we can still call India bottle jobs, which makes (laughs) it Well, Well, I did notice that um, Kohli, Jadeja, I think it's Rohit Sharma and Ravi Ashwin have all now been involved in uh, three three final losses, ICC final losses. Um, So not not good when you've got four four members of your team, the four most senior members, and they've all been involved in final losses, you would say. And Uh, you can see... On my face, mate, I genuinely feel really sorry for them. Yeah, you look really disappointed for them, not. Uh, quick run through of how the game actually went, I guess. So, first day was basically rained off. Uh, then we had a bit of action over Saturday and Sunday. More more or less full days, not totally full, but pretty, not bad. Um, we had Monday rained off and then Tuesday and 
obviously today have been pretty much full days again. India, 217 all out first innings. Main man there, well, main man there was Kyle Jameson with Pfeiffer, two each for Wagner and Bolt. New Zealand, only person up until Williamson to get a 50 was Devon Conway. He got a 50 as he got 249 all out. Four for, for Mohamed Shami, who bowled well, unsurprisingly. And then India could only manage today, by the, by the end of this morning, was it? 170 all out. Only real opposition that they showed was from Sharma with 30 and Pant with 41. Southie took a good four for Bolt, took another three for as well. And then New Zealand knocked off, only two down in the end. Williamson got dropped and managed, but managed to make 52 not out. And Ross Taylor at the winning runs for 47 not out. Best team won, would we say? Yes. Best team over the last two years in Test cricket won? Mm, yes, just. Just. I'm going to say yes to both. I think they deserve the to win it based on two years. They struggled in Sri Lanka and they got dicked in Australia. But apart from that, they've basically won everything. Yeah, I think they've always good. Teams are always going to struggle in certain places, aren't they? And I know yeah. people say, "Oh, well, India beat Australia," but I would say Australia, are a lot, for me anyway, are a lot poorer side now than they were a year and a half, two years ago when they battered New Zealand. Yeah, I'd say Australia at the time were probably the best there. team. Yeah, yeah, and then now I'd probably put them in third, obviously. Yeah. With us miles behind and forth. Yes, well, yeah, I think uh, we'd all we'd all agree on that one. Uh, so, India, just looking at them quickly, still scared for this summer. Think that the five tests are going to be a big task for England, or actually think, yeah. you know what, the swinging ball, get the Dukes out, maybe actually think going to be too bad. I think the only way we win is low scoring games like this. Yeah, I don't see us hitting masses of runs. 300 or 351 innings, that's game done, mate, because their bowling attack's very good. And if we've yeah. got some half-decent half weather as well, that, you know, two very good spinners, they're just, it just... You know, it's not our bowling. I never worry about the bowling. You know, you might have one innings where you get 350, 400, but it's not that in England. They hardly get that, do they? No, that's uh, it. But it's the batting. It's, it's just... <laughs> yeah, the batting is not great. I think that's fair to say. So I'm sure India will be a, a test for us. Fortunately, we haven't got to play New Zealand for a while now after they dicked us in the last couple of weeks. So that's something we haven't got to worry about, at least. Uh, obviously, it was the first ever World Test Championship. What do we make? Do we still think it's a good idea, or do do we think it's an horrendous idea having a, a championship, a World Championship for the tests? I think it's a I think it's a good idea, but. It's more how it's like, you know, you get was it uh, two match series? You can get like stupid amount of points. Yeah, you got the same amount of points as the five match uh, Ashy series. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. But you know, I think for the first one, it's been pretty good, and obviously, New Zealand have won it, which makes it even better. <laughs> but um, because you know, preparing these wickets in India to get them through to the Test Championship final. Well, yes. Lucky, my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. it's, it's a good, you know, because it kind of gives you, you know, even though you look forward to series and testing that, it's it's a bit of a final, isn't it, for, you know, someone like BJ Watland that doesn't really play, you know, mm. ODI, then it, um, is, this, is his last game today, by the way? Yeah, last last game in international cricket today. Um, 
they, you know, it gives them, you know, something to look forward to and to trophy and. Yeah, I think that's the thing, and it gives context to every every test series now. As you say, I agree that the the idea is great. The the plan behind it, as in terms of what the points count for and how it works, isn't great. I don't think it's a it works particularly well in that sense. I don't know whether you have you make it that every series has to be at least three test tests in a series, and you then say that five match series only the first three count. Whether mm. you do it that way, but then obviously people say, "Well, then you you're devaluing some some Ashes Test matches compared to others." But there's got to be there's got to be a way, and I think there's also got to be a way whereby you get more points towards where whether you're home or away. So if you're winning series away from home, that should be worth more points than winning series in your own back garden where you're deciding what the pitches are like. I think the three match idea is a good idea because obviously I think did they do it for the Qualifying for the World Cup and the ODIs or something. Yeah. Everyone was playing three games, weren't they? Yeah, you've got to play three games. That's why we're playing like three games five. versus Schwanker. But I think Test series should be three or five anyway. Mm. Uh, you know, because four, you know, you can't have it where it's like one might get mainly rained off, so then it's three again. And, you know, because there isn't that many draws anymore, is there? So, no. you know, looking at 2 1, but you know, I do think it's going to be a three or five series. Two, two. You literally, you're, you're just like you have one bad, you know, one bad day, and you can end up either just drawing the series or losing it just from like one bad day. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's very. We've got to come up with a way of keeping the context and keeping the World Test Championship. We've got to find a way to make it, make it fair on all games and all series. So hopefully they will do that, and hopefully it brings through. More of the other the other side, so teams like Sri Lanka, maybe that gives them a bit more of a a push to do Test cricket and play longer you series. Also, like, go on the rankings as well, because you can literally just play like Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and West Indies. Play too much series against them, get the max full points. Play play at home, and you know you're laughing. You just more or less through already. Mm. But I think you should you know you should have to play if you're like England, have to play at least two of the top four, or you know the. They'll probably yeah. win eventually, but it might take a might might take a bit of time. Yeah, I wonder if the future of it is actually to have two divisions and have a mm. a, a promotion and relegation. Maybe That's have twelve twelve sides in it, so maybe add in like so Afghanistan, Ireland. You go up to twelve sides, you do do promotion relegation, and you do it that way. And you say that as you say, every series has got to be three games long. Whether that would happen, I don't know, but. I'm sure there'd be worries that what happens if England have a really bad year and their or Australia and their ranking drops too low or whatever. But I'm sure I'm sure they, they could come up with a way of doing it. Uh, one thing I did like is the reserve day on the the Test match. I've got to say, it makes sense if you have a whole day rained off. Why not just have a reserve day? Why not just use the reserve day? I think that's quite a smart idea. Whether that's something you could do. Well, yeah. Whether that's something you could do in all series, I really don't know, but I like, I like that idea. Right then, England also had a test match this week for the women against India. It was quite an entertaining draw, to be fair, in the end. Why on earth they only play four days, I do not know. Surely should have been five days. If it had been five days, I think that would have been a better last day than what we've seen today, actually. It was very, very interesting. That Shafali Verma at 17 is class. Sophie Eccleston is it like 21, 22. Also class, so fair play to, to them. Um, 
Last 21, it continues. It's been quite entertaining. Obviously, lost the England players now, so standards maybe dropped a little bit, but still some good play on offer. And got to say, Jack Leach tonight has made his T20 debut at the age of 30. Has took a three-foot and got a run-out. So the He's knot deep. is... That's his debut. So the knot is the knot is going for a World Cup spot. I'm claiming. What a man! <laughs> so yeah, fair effort from him. Um, been pretty entertaining. There's been a few good knocks. Will Jacks again hitting runs, um, which isn't really a shock, is it? To say the least, he, he likes to hit a big, big, big ball. Um, Matt Parkinson's obviously still in it. Surprisingly, not been called up to any England squad and continues to take wickets. Um, I think as he, he spins the ball more, gets more drift, and takes more wickets or something daft than any other leg spinner in the world in like domestic competitions. So the thing you, is, you, if the series now against Sri Lanka to play him at least, you would think so, wouldn't you? But if Rashid gets injured before that World Cup, I know obviously he plays a lot of well, C twenty cricket in that, but Parkinson's just going to get chucked straight in in the internationals. Like, yeah, hey, mate, good luck. <laughs> Well, I think the thing is, is that he is not clearly second choice spinner. The second choice spinner is Liam Dawson. So even though he's done his Achilles and had been out for about six months, he's come straight back in to the to the England squad after a couple of months of of county cricket. And so I guess maybe it's because they want someone who can bat a bit more. Maybe Dawson's obviously more of an all round all rounder spinner, and we're currently watching Livingston bowling spin. <laughs> I think so. And do you know what, like more of a batsman than Dawson? He's a good spinner and he can bat. I think that's the thing with him. I think it's the fact that he offers both. And he is a very good white ball spinner. Not so much, I would say. More of a batsman, I would say, in the Red Bull game. Well, like uh, now, more of a classical rounder. So it doesn't really matter, does it? He's literally just Parkinson can do that. He's got Jordan and Wokes will be eight. Well, true. And he's current at seven. You would think so, mate. That would make sense. But this is England, mate. Come on. You can't expect too much to make sense. And we are watching Liam Livingston play tonight. And he has, has took a wicket ball in spin. So that is the other option for England. Uh, just before we have a look more into the fact that England are playing a white ball series, there has been another test match over the last few days. And that was between West Indies and South Africa. Uh, another quite ent- entertaining one. But South Africa won in the end. Reasonably comfortably with by 158 runs. Uh, West Indies had a couple of good moments. Jason Alder took an absolutely brilliant catch. And to be fair, they didn't at times. It looked like they really bowled really well, but the batting just was not there. Um, if anyone hasn't seen, Maharaj took a hat-trick, only the second South African to take a hat-trick in Test cricket, thanks to an absolutely unreal catch by Wilhelm Mulder at leg slip. Fair play to him. Great, great take. Was someone trying to cow him? Yeah, well, that's perfect wicket, isn't it, for a spinner? Not in the middle of a test match like that, but... <laughs> but yeah, so the West Indies got a bit, got beaten. And South Africa didn't, didn't batter them, but in the end won quite comfortably. And when the West Indies have only managed 149 and 168 in a home test match, it's, it's not a great look, is it? But Sounds like hopefully. It. Yeah, hopefully they will improve. Right then, so obviously England-Sri Lanka, white ball series, starts with three T20s, then becomes three ODIs. Currently 100 for six at Sri Lanka in the 17th over. 
Got two wickets for Rashid, one for Curran, one for Jordan, one for Livingston, one for Wood. There's, I guess the big thing has been that Wokes and Willie have come back into the T20 squad and George Garton has got himself a call-up from Sussex in the ODI squad. Obviously, a young lad who's been doing really, really well. Wokes playing today instead of Tom Curran. What do we think? Good decision? <laughs> but, well, yeah. Tom Curran has been um, living on borrowed time, I would say. But saying that, I was listening to Critviz's podcast just yesterday and they were saying that actually... Chris Jordan goes for just has been going in the last year or so for just as many runs, just as quickly, and has only taken what I think he's only taken one wicket more and has only got a slightly better average, like by point one or something silly. So saves you so many in the field, they don't. Well, that's what they were saying. It's like almost the fielding and the fact that you trust him to have a slog at the end is almost sort of the reason that he he still keeps his spot. Um. And that he's experienced and that he's just been there for that long, as if that's what sort of edges his team over Tom Curran. Obviously, Stokes and Archer are out. Archer being out hasn't really made too much of a difference, I want to say, to the team. Um, because obviously, you've got Mark Wood still, haven't you? But Stokes out, so Liam Livingston in. Now, Livingston's obviously been scoring loads of runs, but at the top of the order in the blast comes in at number six, or will do later on. And has bowled a couple of those now. Do we think Livingston is actually a serious option for England to look at to sort of place slightly lower down? Yeah, I'd have him. I'd start him, mate, to be honest. But then, if you're starting him, that means you've either got to lose Stokes or you're going to lose someone higher up the order. Yes. Ooh, interesting. Right then, well, that brings me on to my next question, which is what would the lineup be that you would go with right now Assuming Stokes and Archer are available, what would your lineup be for that first World Cup game? Bearing in mind that it's 99% likely, I would say, that it's going to be in the UAE. So it's on. It's not going to be on big turning wickets, or less likely to be big turning wickets like India. Right, so... <laughs> I would like three players to open, but you can't do that. So. No, you can't do that, mate. That doesn't work. Uh, Roy... Well, I'd have Hales, but obviously... Yeah, we'll, another day. Oh, uh, yeah, Stokes at three, um, Bairstow four, Morgan five, Livingston six, probably Sam Curran seven, Wokes eight. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Wokes eight or Jordan. Either of them, I don't bother to be fair. Ooh, uh, Archer nine. Rashid 10, Wood 11. So I would, I, to be fair, would more or less agree. I would maybe consider putting Livingston slightly higher at five and letting Morgan go at six, maybe, and have Morgan as the actual finisher. I, I'd go definitely Wokes over Jordan, purely because I want someone who can swing the ball up front to bowl the opening overs, and I reckon Sam Curran and Chris Wokes can do that and then can fill in with a couple of odd ones in the middle. You've then still obviously got Stokes and Livingston, who again can bowl at least a couple of overs in pieces. And then you've got, as you say, you've got Rashid, Wood and Archer. I mean, Rashid's one of the best, if not the best, international T20 leg spinner. And then you've got two absolutely rapid, really good T20 bowlers. I, I think, I, I would like to think that between those six bowlers just named, you would definitely, definitely see out 20 overs without going for masses of runs. And then... 
that side, like, it's you know, it, I, you know, Milan does a good job, but he's you know, I think the last six months he hasn't he's struggled a bit, anti wherever he's gone, playing abroad, whatever. But he'll, I know, obviously he can make it up at the end. But with our batting, why do you need someone that's going to come and waste ball when they can all go from ball one anyway? Yeah, so, I think also if you've got like uh, Roy Butler. Stokes at three because he needs to bat higher up and that's probably the best place for him to go. You saw what he could do in the ODIs when he batted three. You know, then you've got Bairstow, you've got Morgan, you've got Livingston who can, and, and Sam Curran who can all score from ball one. You, you know, if you can even get two of them that come off, you know, just go from ball one. You've got 20 overs. Try and get literally as many as you can. That's literally what yeah. it is, isn't it? So, yeah, and if you're playing, yeah. to be fair, if you're playing in the UAE, especially at places like Sharjah, there is no real need for Davy Milan. There is no real space for Davy Milan to knock singles and go at one a ball for the first 20 balls because the pitch is tiny. You want someone who's just going to absolutely moose it miles. And I just, I feel sorry for Milan because, as we always say, nice guy Milan looks seems a nice bloke. You can't deny his rankings really good, but when you actually look at his stats in terms of domestic cricket and stuff, it just doesn't. Just doesn't seem very good. I saw, I think it was Crick Viz again, describing him as almost like the the Peter Crouch of cricket. Doesn't really do much for his club side, but then scores goals internationally. But actually, is he is he really scoring goals on the big big stage? Was he really making the difference that in in the big games like he wanted to, or was he actually just doing a, a reasonable job against a reasonable team? You know what I mean? Is, is he actually? A big, big series, big tournament match winner. It's it's debatable. So, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in this series. Obviously, you would assume that in England it's going to suit Milan more than obviously it did in did in India. But it's just hard to say. Isn't it? I think again, Livingston could even be another option to maybe go in at three if you want to. If but I would like to see Stokes given a chance higher up, just mm-hmm. because I think he actually needs probably. Five to ten balls to actually yeah, get going. The difference with Livingston at six compared to Stokes is I think Livingston probably kind of just lets you go from ball one. Oh, yeah. From what you um, Give Stokes a bit more time. But like Stokes will, you know, if he's been in a couple of balls, will score a lot quicker in that first six overs than Milan would. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's you make, you know, make the most of it. If you've got Stokes, Roy, Butler, Bairstow in that top four, if that, you know, if they're in whichever four are in, um, in that first six overs, they're going to, you know, you should be getting at least 50 odds off the first six. Yeah. But obviously, then, if you have Livingston in at six, you've got that other bowling option. So you've got Rashid as your main spinner. If you're in the UAE where it might not turn as much, well, then if you do get a pitch where it does, you can bring him on. But, and then also, you've got, you've basically got seven bowling options then as well. Yeah. So you basically strengthen your side more. You've got a left armor. You've got pace, you've got, you know, you'll have Wokes or Jordan with your, you know, variations. And then like someone like Wokes will bats, um, bats at eight and strengthens the batting so you can go from ball one again. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's plenty. There's plenty of opportunity there for England to sort of mess around with it and find the perfect, perfect way of doing it, perfect formula. But I think, I think they're the players I'll be going with and I think... I don't think it even matters too much what order you do them in, to be honest. I think that's probably the best order to go with, but I don't think it'll matter too much. 
Chris Jordan's just been absolutely smoked for a six, by the way, bowling the death overs again, which probably isn't helping him. Oh, would he might have got away with it there? Well, he's got away with another one, though. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I think this is not, it's probably see as England, you would expect to win 3 0. You'd probably expect them to win the ODIs 3 0 as well, really, unless rain affects one or someone has an absolute day out from nowhere, to be honest, for, for Sri Lanka. So you'd, that, you'd expect them to really be games for England to try stuff out, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Billions or Willie get a game at some point as well. I'm just interested to to see if we, if really Morgan does go to play what he thinks is his best team every game or every actually mixes it up. But are you assuming 2-3-0 no wins? Yeah. Yeah. Did, would hey, you be disappointed if we yeah. don't? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Morgan did say at the start, actually, we will be mixing the sides up a little bit. Well, that's good then. I, say, yeah. I missed the beginning. I was too busy doing yeah. DIY and watching New Zealand. Um, he said, obviously, he wanted ball first, but he's, you know, he wanted to give a few people a chance in there. Yeah. Right then, before we get into local action, North Staff's action, bit of news from the 100 this week. So, obviously, today is your, was your last chance to get them at the early bird prices. Uh, me and Dude off to Manchester Originals versus the Southern Brave. So. That's one game we're going to, but and actually a game that we'll see the the two new players in because Warner and Stoyness have pulled out because I think more to do with Aust- duties with Australia um, and obviously down the IPL as well later in the year. So they've brought in Devon Conway and Quinton de Kock to replace them, which I'll be honest, I would say at the moment is a massive upgrade on Stoyness and Warner to bring in Conway, who's possibly most informed opening batsman in all three formats, and Quinton de Kock. Um, I think that's a great, great effort from, from them, and to be fair. People. Not that it matters, but they're yeah. just nasty. And obviously, if you missed it last week, Manchester Originals announced that, sadly, I think it was Rabada's not going to be coming, but they've replaced him with Lockie Ferguson, which, I'll be honest, I, I think Rock, Lockie Ferguson's possibly the most underrated fast bowler in T20 cricket at the moment, I think. The fact yeah. that he wasn't getting, yeah, the fact that he wasn't getting bowled again for the KKR was a joke, really, because I think he was probably their best bowler. But hey ho, so be it. So bit of hundred news there, and I'm sure there'll be more bits of news as he gets closer and closer because it starts and what is it probably just over a month. Um. So yeah. So I think that's all the cricket news really out there, dude. To be fair, I think Other than obviously, we must mention someone. I can't remember what league it was in, but I must, did enjoy the video of that lad hitting a six through his own car, his oh, car's it's windscreen. Brilliant. Great effort. Straight through. If you're going to smash anyone's, may as well be your own. Gave me a throwback, actually, to when I always remember Azza doing that up Nipersley. Smashed one for six, and he bounced off his windscreen. And he couldn't tell, obviously, at Nipersley, he couldn't tell because it was quite a way away whether it had done anything. So we're all giving him absolutely saying, oh, you see, it's cracked, it's cracked massively. I'm not even <laughs> sure it's safe drive home. I'm not sure it's safe drive home. And as soon as he got out, he went running up to it. So it was f- fuck all up with it. Stand left him off. So, well, don't know how. Absolutely pinged off it. But yeah, it was good to wind him up. Well, Sri Lankan fan getting told off here for dancing in the, the aisles. Wow. Right then, North Staff's time, dude. North Staff's time. Now, I'll be honest, not a good weekend, was it, mate, for us? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember how you went on. <laughs> well, we got absolutely dicked, mate. The twos did at, at Wedges, and the ones lost a game they probably should have. Well, would have felt that they should have won. 
Um, so not a, not a good weekend for us. How, yeah. how about your weekend, mate? Um, no, not the best either, to be honest. Not when you're getting decisions like I got, mate. Well, I've, I have heard that there were some debatable um, umpiring decisions, and I've I've um, put that down to discuss later. We won't get into that. We will later. Not necessarily who and what and why, but we, we, we yeah. it may get a mention. We'll just say Bo Park out. Well, I won't say the outplayed us. Obviously, it was a good game, but they probably deserve wins. So, yeah, we'll we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we may as well get on with the roundup then. So, do you want do you want me to go through them, dude? And we'll do a division yeah, each. I'll actually, take, I'll be table man again. Oh, you can be taking go on then. You be the table man. So, starting off with the first game was. Beerslam away at Bagnall. Uh, I think we've said this could be quite a good game, actually, because Bagnall have, have picked up over recent weeks. Bagnall won the toss, chose to bat. Wormo put his, his team into bat. He opened the batting as well, Wormo did. Um, they managed 1-5-7 for 9 from their 45 overs, probably a little bit lower than he was hoping. There was 35 from Freddie Dulbar and 32 again from Billowal Batty. Uh, four wickets for Callum Harrison. Um, and four wickets for Zen Malik. Tom Basin was back, but no wickets to his name. And Michael Brown got one as well. The, the chase for Beersham, actually, they won comfortably in the end. 167 in the 36th over. Zen Malik got a first baller from Billowal Batty, first baller at the innings. But Raj Kumar showed his class, 53 not out. Bit of out from Rhodesy with 23, and Callum Harrison with 26. Out to see him over the line quite comfortably in the end. So, good result for Beerslam there. Um, Bagnall be a bit disappointed, I would say, having won the toss to only post that score. But they still come away with eight points, so not too bad. Next game up was an absolute crushing. Uh, Cheadle won the toss and chose to bat at Meekins. I think they massively regretted it. 107 all out. Uh, and to be fair, out of that 107, 43 of them came from the opener, Andrew Coxon as well. So, not a good day. Only one other person found double figures, and that was Ozzy Crump. Uh, not not a great day. Two for Carlisle, four for Paul Byrne, and two for Simon McGarver. And then Meekins took the time, really, for, for by Meekins standards to knock it off, I would say. 30 overs, but 108 for four, uh, 37 for Morsey, 29 for Michael. Got him over the line despite Trigger and Will Dobby getting themselves a couple each as well. Next up was an even bigger crushing victory. Ashcombe Park, I think it's safe to say, are going down. Um, I'm not even going to try and save it for them. You can get some juice now, mate. I don't think I will, because I think they'll admit it themselves. 52 all out and 21.4 overs. Having won the toss and chose to bat as well. Clearly must have fancied an early, an early session by the looks of it. Um, one person got into double figures, and that was David Profit with 13. Um, other than that, there was an 8 and a 9 to open up, and then there was a 5, I think, at number 6 or 7, and then and a number 5 at number 10, but that that was it. There was 3 for Sean Rashid, 3 for Ed Jones, 2 for Tom Open, 2 for Alex Coates. Um, not, not good at all from Ashcombe Park. And then Longton knocked it off and just... Uh, 11.4 overs, 19 for Tom Steele, and 32 not out for uh, Daniel Ball. So, absolute crushing victory. Ashcombe Park don't even pick up a point there. Not oh, wow. a good day at the office. Yeah, not a good day at the office there. Portill won uh, quite comfortably, actually, won by 114 runs 
against Checkley, a game that we maybe thought would be quite close, but crushing win as Port Hill actually put into bat and it 2 5 8 for 5. I'm sure the Checkley skipper got a bit of stick for that, choosing choosing to bowl in that game for 258, and it's never good. Johnny Hancock, 57, some more runs on the board for him, but Ryan Asset, the main man, 105 off 117, great effort from him. There were three wickets for Seb Smith and two for Richard Cooper, but a lot of the other bowlers didn't... Well, none of the other bowlers actually managed to get a wicket and took a little bit of tap. Nothing too bad, but it was still a big score and it, they couldn't chase it. They were 1-4-4 all out. There was 50 for Scott Elstone and 30 for James Kettleborough. Other than that, only one other person managed to make double figures. There was one each for Ben Cotton, Matt Coxon, Tom Mason and Harry Bailey. And there was three each for Craig Barker and Dan Hancock. Dan Hancock actually finished with three wickets for just four runs off 3.5. So good effort from Dan there. Next to last game, uh, another easy win actually. Stone cruised to victory against Leek. Leek 104 all out off 35. Again, won the toss and chose to bat and then just did not do the do the business. Without Roy Jackson's 33, I think they just struggle make probably anything more than about 60 looking at this not a good day good day over for the bowlers of uh, stone four for three j laverty and two each for adam Purcell and jacob Degg. stone then knocked it off pretty comfortably 25 overs 106 for three 28 for sam graham, graham opening up 38 for george Harding not out and john cheadle got himself 28 as well the wickets shared between Ryan Ball, Josh Hudson, Craig Malrose, but I'm sure it'll be a game they will probably want to forget. And then another absolute smashing. Whitmore did not have a good day at the office. Modishall won the toss, chose to bat. 229 all out with a ball to go. Rizwan Hussein hit 65. Sam Council 39. Dan Richardson 35. Pretty good score, to say the least, but there was a fourth in there for Mohamed Asif and a three foot for Mohamed Kaleem. Pretty good score, to say the least, but then you'd have thought Whitmore, if not done too badly of late, maybe would have thought that they could have picked up a few points, maybe took the chase quite deep, but it wasn't to be 40 all out within 15.3 overs. Uh, and I believe, yep, yeah, no one made double figures. Um, not a good day at the office. I will say that even extras didn't manage to top score, only five, so good bowling effort from Mod Alton there. Uh, four for for Dan Colclough, four for for Dan Richardson, the one for Lewis Moulton, and the must, there was a run out as well from Sam Kelsall. So Whitmore did manage five points because they got the 10 wickets, but 40 all out meant there was no batting points. How does that leave the table, dude? I'm guessing Whitmore and Ashcombe are still pretty much dead bottom. Uh, yes, they are, but I've just got a little update for you, mate. Ooh. Hungry are beating the Germans. Go on, hungry, go on, hungry, go on. No one likes the Germans. Back on cricket now. Um, <laughs> we start at the top or the bottom, mate? Start at the top, mate. Why not? Start at the top. It's very close between three teams. Mm-hmm. So Cheadle are top by one point. Stone are second. Um, and Meekins are one point behind Stone with 124. So two points, nice. basically, Three teams, nice. And you've got a few couple of teams in the middle. Uh, well, to be fair, there's quite a few of them in the middle actually. And then you yeah, got Whitmore. They're not obviously out of it. They're 21 points behind Marshall and Alton. But yeah, Ashcombe are looking um, a bit of a way off. Yeah. 47 points. 
Um, and to be get you know third bottom on ninety two, it's a bit of a bit of a yeah. way away. Yeah, big win actually that shows, doesn't it, for Mod Alton there because the twenty one yeah. points clear and they made up thirteen points on on Saturday by beating them. So bit beating Whitmore. So a uh, big big result there for Mod Alton. I think they'll be ha- very very happy with their weekends work there. On to Div One. Uh, first game up was Audley at home. They took on Little Stoke. We were hoping Little Stoke, you know, might, might pull off a shock and might get that get that dub on the board for them. Uh, they batted first. They got put in one nine three per six. Uh, there was eighty one from the pro again, Rafniaka off only seventy three balls. Well, so good effort there. Twenty one for Eck, um, but that was no twiggy either this week. I don't know what that's about, uh, but. That it's it's an okay score, isn't it? One nine three for six. But I guess yeah. they were maybe hoping for a little bit more, possibly if it was a good deck. But they, they thought they were had a chance in the game there. Rob Emmons took two for, but Audley knocked it off within thirty five overs. One nine six for three. Uh, the two openers went quite cheaply, but then forty one from Jamie Jervis, uh, fifty four not out for Jack Redman, and then Rob Emmons sixty seven not out off just forty six oh. balls, including six sixes. Um, meant that they won very, very comfortably in the end uh, with, with 10 overs to spare. Next game, Blythe took on Hem Heath, and actually it was quite a click, ended up quite a tight game. Blythe won the toss, chose to bat 169 for, for nine by the end of their overs. Tristan Allen with 31, 28 from Toby Deck down the order, Ben Smith 24. Would have thought that was maybe an okay total, but nothing spectacular. Uh, Bye for there for Tom Hodson, by the way. So good effort from Tom Hodson. And then Emmy, they managed to chase it down with just over and over to spare. I think about eight balls to go, 170 for seven. Uh, Banksy was gone early, gone gone to Kalida Midi, but 25 from Darren Plan, 22 from Greg Prime, 27 from Ben Lucas, who I'd assume is playing up from the twos, and 30 from Nazakat Ali with a key contributions as they managed to to squeak the way to victory, despite a two for, for Peter Finch and a two for Scott Dagg. Just the one for Toby Dagg. Went for 43 off his 8.4 overs. Six wides. Eh, not too bad. Maybe needs to have a word with his one of his bowlers, Peter Finch, though. At 14 wides, not a good. Oh, no. Nice. The office there. Um, not as good as actually, his dad, Scott Dagg, mate. Wow. I'll let you tell him that, mate. Extras, actually, did, did extras... Extras did actually top score as well for Hemheath with 33. So, Blythe, oh. come on, boys. Let's have a little bit of work on it. But well batted extras. <laughs> uh, on to the game between Eccleshall and Endon. We expected a good tight game, and that is exactly uh, what we got. Uh, won the toss, Endon did. Decided they were going to go in field, put Eccleshall in. Now, I'm worried... Wondering here if play cricket um, has had a bit of a spaz because it says that Eccleshill got 159 for seven off 37 overs. That would suggest to me that they batted second. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, there. they must have done, surely. Uh, Scott Wennington with 59 out. David Freeman with 29 out. Three wickets from Marlon Martin, two for Josh Reynolds. Um, Endon, they managed 156 for nine from their 45 overs, which is why I would assume they batted first. 55 from George Sallers, the key contribution there. Uh, five wickets for Azair Shaw, and then one each for Feeder, Ben Thomas, Wynn, and Craig Sincla- uh, Cameron Sinclair. So, 
nice win there for Ecclesfield. They'll be happy with that. Getting back on the winning winning trail. <laughs> Big scoring game over at Nipersley. They took on Alworth. Uh, Alworth won the toss, chose to bat 230 for four off their overs. Alex Banks, 64. Ryan Sloan, 55. 31 from William Mashingi. 28 from Chris Regan, not out. 32 from Russ Ballard, not out. Good effort there. Couple of wickets for Danny Baker and a couple for Callum Landon from Nipe. Nipe gave it a good go, chasing it down. Fell just short by 10 runs, 2.20 for seven. Lou Washington, 67. Sonny got 48. Good Paul Goodwin managed to get himself 23 and Sam Wilcox, 26. But they just couldn't quite get themselves over the line. Ben Holt with four for Steve Morgan with two for... feel like we're saying that nearly every week. I'm sure Ben Holt and Steve Morgan just... <laughs> whittle up the wickets every single week so fair play to them boys Castle and Artsville won um, at home against Sandiford they won the toss, chose to bat 189 for 9, good total John Gidman again with some runs, 71 Matt Travis got 28 as well supporting him and James Aiden got 22 not out, so good effort there from, from them Yazir Ali took 1 Craig Lees 1, Andrew Pender 1 Owen Shaw took three for it, and Charlie Smith, who famously got me out in the cup game and the picture of my stump on its arse, was in the um, Sentinel, playing up for the ones again, got a three for So, at least I got out to someone who can clearly bowl a bit. And was, uh, was it TikTok? Was it, he yes, he is also on TikTok, and he has got a mullet, which we need to have words about. But good effort, well bowled that man. Shame about the hair. Um, <laughs> Sandiford... In reply, managed 159 for nine from their 45 overs. Uh, 38 from Jonathan Barnett, the skipper, was the main contribution there. Good bowling in from Ollie Tucker with three for and Mohamed Abid with two for there for the lads from Castle. And then the last game, the parish, the parish was celebrating. It was delighted as Wood Lane got themselves victory, got themselves off the mark. They Faced Lisi at home. Lisi decided to have a bat first. Got 218 all out after 42.4 overs. Maybe one to four. That was too bad a total. Chris Shepard, 30. Rajpal Benuel, 40. Matt Johnson with 50. Go on, Matt. Um, Tom Lawton with 22, a bit lower down the order. Uh, one to four. That was too bad. But big, big shout out. Wild bold that man to Rob Price, friend of the show. Pfeiffer from Rob Price, good effort there. Ash Guest and Omar Ali got two for as well, and Mitchie G have got one as well. And Wood Lane chased it down in 41.3 overs with just the four wickets down. Tomo opened up, got 32. Jamie Lasker, 53 as well, opening. Dan Breely, the skipper, 64 not out. Um, and Omar Ali got 46 as well. Good effort from them to, to get that first win on the board despite Dan Redfin taking a two for. So, well done to the parish, well done to Wood Lane. Right then, dude, how's that table looking? Uh, we've got Alworth and Emmy still at the top. No so shots Alworth, there. Yeah, Alworth have won eight and lost one, and Emmy have won eight and had one abandoned. Fair. And there's a bit of a gap to Audley and third. I can't really bother to work the points out, but... A lot. A <laughs> points, yeah. And then there's quite a few teams in that middle. You know, a few points separating them. And then I think we're Wood Lane in the bottom two before. I I'm think they were, was. mate, because they hadn't won a game, yeah. have they? Yeah, so they've, they're now out. Um, they have, uh, Blythe have gone in. Little Stoke, obviously, 
still a fair way a bit at the bottom. But they did get a win in that um, 2020 Cup last Friday. So Go on, the boys. They've got a win. Close with Woodlane and Sandyford. Um, third bottom and fourth bottom. Blythe, nine points off Woodlane. And then Little Stoke, a few points further behind. Right, well then. I guess it's time we go on to Div 2 then, ain't it, Oh, ah. Uh, oh, ah. Uh, well, we have to start with the boys, sadly. Um, uh, you, you took on Road Park, lost by four wickets. 144 all out from just 29.4 overs, dude. 31 for Steve Brealey, though. Big shout out to Steve Brealey. 44 for the man himself, Jono. Good effort there. Um, and 23 from Ali Azmat and 18 from yourself. I'm told that you were middled a front foot defensive um, we're not even going to talk and, about it. And it was out LBW, mate. Uh, can yeah. you just confirm that Snickometer would have shown that you meddled it? Uh, Snickometer would have been going mental, mate. Okay, fair enough. I uh, even so... had uh, lads come up to me and said, and basically just laughing at me. Nah, fair enough. <laughs> at least, uh, yeah, yeah, that a uh, bit of a shock at that, mate, once. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there, was three, <laughs> there was three for, for Jack Harrison, Neil Crump, and Andrew Marshall. And the bowlers there for Oak Park, and then they knocked it off six down. Only actually had a couple of didn't have long left in the game, did they? To be fair, to knock it off, thirty nine point one overs, uh, twenty two from David Wallings, sixty five not out from Richard Bevington, um, and twenty seven from James McGilvery. I think that's how you say it. Uh, extras got seventeen, dude. I mean, have a little word. What's that about? Mate, to be fair, that's not too bad when you look at some other teams. <laughs> well, true, yeah. Um, having a little look through, Ali Azmat took a fourth, so good effort from your pro. Peaky got one. Go on, Peaky. Um, but, yeah, not not a good day at the office um, for you or for the umpires, I, I believe. No, mate, we move on, we move on. You move on, we'll move on. Good <laughs> idea. Um, also wasn't a good day in the office for Miri, if we ate to tell friend of the podcast, uh, Nick Maskery. Shout out, actually, to Nick Maskery. Went to Robinson's pub on Sunday for Father's Day, the Red Bull and Church Law, and beautiful. And I am told that he does have more lagers for us, so I look forward to Johnny picking up them. But yeah, Miri, not not a good day at the office. Um, they won the toss and chose to field, so they decided they were, they were going to give it a go and make a good day of it. Uh, Port Hill, 213 for nine off their 40 overs. 20 from Ben Warren, 35 from Simon Wood. But the main man was Roger with 90. Um, so good, good effort from Roger and Ralphsy with 11. That's possibly the high score I've seen from Ralphsy in a while. Good on, lad. Uh, three for Maz Akhtar and two for Ollie Edwards from Mirif. Uh, Mirif not didn't have a good day with the bat, though. 63 all out and just 21 overs. 17 from Zach Hill and 16 from the number 11, Brandon Hughes-Philpott, the only people to make double figures. Five for Philia Massey, four for, for Matt Lowe. And just the one wicket for Ralphsey. Norton and Ailes won in a, what I'm told is a really, really good game at Silverdale, uh, against Silverdale. So Silverdale went by first, 182 for seven from their 40 overs, uh, 95 from Alex McChristie. Finally, fell to Cashy Fally Moon, but I'm told it was a really good, classy knock um, on, a, on a difficult day, and that he did really well there. So fair play to Alex McChristie. Two each for Kashi Fally Moon, Michael Dyer, and Adil Khalid, plus the one for James Pringle. Norton and Ailes knocked off with just four balls to spare, with seven down. Simon Dyer, 30. Jack Furnival, 69. And then 
just getting him over the line was Kashif Ali Moon and Ant Sheeran were 13 and 15 respectively. Three wickets for Alex McChristie as well, who I'm told also bowled really well. Um, and he was up for our star of the week and looked like he was going to win it for a good while, but just missed out. Now, a bit of a shock in the next game. Oakmore have been sort of flying high at the top. Uh, not not the day they were after. Barlaston did a good job on them. Won the toss, chose to bat. 187 for six. Uh, 64 for Brian Sims and 40 from Ben Grange. Good effort. Wickets four for there for the pro Dilesh Kula-Sakara. But, yeah, not a good day with the bat for Oakmore, to say the least. 79 all out after just 24.3 overs. And 25 of them came from Sean Sutton, who's a great lad, by the way. Did my coaching course for him, top lad, Sean. Um, but, yeah, he got 25 of the 79, so it wasn't a good day for Oakmore. And when 20 of the other runs were extras, it's really not been a good day for the batsman when half your scores come from one man and extras. Four for, for Jack Davies, then two each for Elliot Wilson, John Ackard and Matt Myers. Right, Sambach, they continue on the winning trail again. Uh, I was predicting a high-scoring game. I wasn't miles off. Caverswell batted first, 1-9-3 all out in the 36th over. Rat Thomas opened the batting, 57 off 41 balls. Clearly listened to me when I said he'd have a good day at the office there. Um, Craig Grimley, 34, 24th, right. Wickets were spread around quite well between a few, with the main men being Stu Burrows with the three and Ross Kestervan with three. Sambach not off quite comfortably in 36.4 over, six down. Gaz Lennon, 52. Stuart Burrows, 64. Dane Tinsley, 42. Not out. And then the last game of all, another win for all sage, dude. I know that's what we've got that. <laughs> uh, won the toss, chose to field. Uh, Stafford, obviously, batting first, only managed 1-4-1 all out within the 35th over. Guy Seaton got 58 of them. 47 came from Anas Patal. So, as you can imagine, the one of many runs elsewhere um, from, from them boys. Wickets, six for, for James Livego, Lifgo. Good effort there. Two from Paul Nunes as well. And then, all Sager knocked it off. James Blore, 35. And then 52 again from James Livego, who I feel like I've Really should have put in the star of the week vote, so apologies to James, because it looks like he had a very good day out, and I managed to somehow miss that when looking through all the scores. <laughs> and Akil Ahmed got 37 off just 25 balls as well to help them over the line. So what's the table like in Div 2 in your division, dude? How, how's it looking? We've got Sam Batch at the top, who apart from uh, two abandoned games, have won every game. On You've fire. Got two points behind. Um, because well, they've won six, lost two, and had one abandoned, but two points in it between the top two. Then you've got uh, Boston, Oakmore, third and fourth, who are 15 points behind them, well, behind Norton Ailes. Uh, you've got a few teams in the middle. Um, you've got Meareth, not you know, miles out of it, but there's a little bit of a gap there at the bottom. Uh, Stafford have gone into the bottom two after Row Park beat us. And then, um, but there's only one point in it between Row Park and Stafford. And then you've got like Oz, Caverswall, Silverdale, who are just above that. So pretty tight actually into them, you, you would say. Quite, a, quite an open yeah, league still. Yeah, I've noticed that one. You can watch anyone, could beat anyone. So. Yeah. That's what you like though, isn't it? Entertainment, yeah. mate. Entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, right, into uh, Div 3. Cheadle. 
one two five all out and it was knocked off by Meekins twos quite comfortably. Well actually they only had an over to go, but they were only six down, one two six for six. Um I'm gonna take a guess that the main men will always be the same. Gotta give a shout out to Ben Degg, twenty six opening the batting, good effort, my mate. Uh, but shame about the picture that Travis chose to use in the in the Sentinel. Wasn't wasn't such a good photo. Um thirty six for Sam Rushton was the other main effort. Unsurprisingly, two for Baker, two for Tom Fox, two for Ollie Radzins, and two for Hashim Rabbi Ahmed, who I've, to be honest, I haven't noticed the name of before, but fair play to him. Meekins, 50 for Tom Fox, uh, 24 for Zafar Iqbal, was the main contributions as they won comfortably. Uh, with twos beat Hamford ones. Hamford ones, one, three, two, all out. Not a good score, really. And then Checkley knocked it off three down. In 28.1 over, so comfy win for them. Crew got an, enough victory on the board against Audley, who were also down the bottom with them. Audley 160 all out in 36.5 overs after as they were attempted to chase 206 for eight that was set by Crew. Callum Bacon 34, Louis Bacon 61, the main men for them, and a little cameo at the end from Shajite Ali with 26 off 20 balls. There was a run of three ducks in a row, though, for crew there. Uh, Audley wasn't wasn't to be for, for them. 34 from Rich Beckett and 29 from Matt Amersley, the only real resistance, as Adrian Cockett took four and Sam Goodyear took three for. Uh, ME twos, bad day at the office there. 66 all out um, in response to Longton's 165 all out. Uh, Simon Alwar 37, Lee Ridgeway 29 there uh, 6 wickets from Matt Rogerson for Hemi but then Hemi 66 all out Ash Edge 13 and Wazim Khan 12 the only people in double figures other than Extras who are actually Extras top scored so while batted Extras were 14 good, good showing uh, 4 for, for Jacob Garlic, 2 for, for Ryan Alwal. Uh, sorry 4 for, for Jacob Garlic, 3 for, for Ryan Alwal, and 3 for, for Brody Mack Mod Alton twos beat Stone uh, twos comfortably. They've posted two six three for five, and Stone twos only managed one oh one all out. Tom Phillips with 93, 43 from Gareth McCalloon, and sixty four from Usman Salim plus twenty six for Josh Renshaw. Um, for there. And then in terms of the bowling, I believe Renshaw, yeah, Josh took two for, and so did Gareth McCalloon. And Matt Wright took five for Wedgies. We lost a game again. Uh, Eccleshaw 134 all out. We thought that was more than chaseable, to, to say the least, to be honest. I think we were, we were quite hopeful. Tom Ibbett, though, got 53 of them. Um, I believe he might have been dropped once or twice, which doesn't help. Uh, three for there for Azza, Gaskinzi, and Ram, um, plus one for Big Paul Mason. But they just could not chase it down despite some good efforts. Jaleel got 35 after 27 balls. Big Paul Mason with a, a solid 16 not out of 65 balls trying to drag the boys over the line. But it just wasn't quite to, to be. Two, two each for Matt Buttery, Jonathan Bramall and Jack Armstrong. And that is Div 3. Do you want to talk us through the table in Div 3 quickly, dude? I can admit we've got... I don't want you to, but you can do. <laughs> I've got Meekins at the top, um, and then Marshall and Alton seconds uh, in second, but there is a 15-point gap between Meekins at the top and Marshall and Alton in 
second. Uh, Longton are third, three points behind Marshall and Alton. Um, and then there's a few teams bunched up in the middle. And then you've got the bottom two, all the seconds and every second, both on 69 points. And the boys, Wedwood, uh, six points ahead of them. Yeah. So a win is needed because I think, if I'm right, the boys have got all the two. We have. It's a big game on Saturday. Huge game. Um, and then, yeah, crew are just in front of the boys. Well, 13 points, which is mm. a reasonable gap. Yeah. So, get some wins. <laughs> yeah. we Big Ash Tim Troop was smashing it last night on the um, bowling machine. Get him up the order. As we keep I telling Gilly. Uh, what I've heard Gilly said. Um, anyone can do that when you know where the ball's pitching or something. That was like. exactly what he said. Yeah, he says anyone can hit <laughs> runs when they know where the ball's going to go, uh, which is true. But still, get him up the order because why not? Uh, right. So very interesting weekend. Lots of good performances. A lot of good games. A few thrashings in there as well, which is something we haven't maybe seen that much of of late. Uh, Star of the weekend. We had a couple of nominations. We had Alex McChristie nominated by Mike Diet, and we had Paul Jackson nominated from Simon. Uh, Swift of Audlem. We all, I then also added in Ryan Hassett for his ton for Port Hill Ones and added in Dan Richardson for I think was it a 60 yard plus a 3 or 4 for, for, for Mod. The winner was Paul Jackson from Sandbatch 2s for, for his effort as nominated by Simon Swift. Um, captain, I think he took a few wickets and then got his team over the line. Uh, so well done to that, to that man. Good effort from you. Right, shall we have a look ahead to to the weekend, mate. Who's going to do the predictions this week, me or D? You, mate, because I'm watching the cricket. So <laughs> I've got to read out and you're predicting, you mean? Yeah. Also, did yeah. we, uh, we... Do we have a look at how we've actually done at these predictions? Because we do. No. As well. I don't dare, Luke, because I don't think we're ever that close, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Be honest with you. I reckon next week we're going Luke. We'll have a look next week. We'll see how we do. We'll have to come up I'm gonna get, and down or something. I'm going to get the table up as well, so I can... Uh, you can so take it serious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go on. Well, we're both obviously predicting, but... Yeah. yeah. So, Ashcombe versus Port Hill. Um, yeah, Port Hill. Port Hill, yeah. <laughs> Beerslam versus Longton. Ooh. Where at? Beerslam. Ooh. I'm going Beerslam. So, I'm going to go Longton there. I'm going to back Longton to have a, have a good day out. Cheadle versus Whitmore. Cheadle. Yeah, I agree there. Leek versus Meekins. Oh, Meekins. Yeah, they have found some form, got to say that. Modishall versus Bagnell. Uh, ooh, that's a, it's a tight game. Is that at Mod? It is at Mod, yeah. I'm going Mod. Yeah, I'd go Mod. I think there's one who's saying... It'll be key there, though. Well, him and Sam Kalsfold at the top of the order. Bill O'Wall Batty, maybe he can break, get them too cheaply. They might be Bagnall's day. And then Stone Checkley. If you're going from the table, Stone. Yeah, I'll go Stone. Go Stone at home. Into Div 1. So, Div 1 starts mm-hmm. off with, I think, they're the leaders. Alwith versus Newcastle. Ooh, interesting. Castle are doing all right though. To be fair, I'm going to go with Alworth though because yeah. they lost. Oh, they lost one more. Uh, Endon versus Audley. Uh, ooh, Audley. Ooh, interesting. 
Uh, Hemi versus Wood Lane. Uh, Hemi. Yeah, sorry to the boys in the parish. Nipersley versus Lisset. I'm. Ooh, that's literally two points in it. I'm gonna go Nipersley. I agree. Little Stoke Blythe. Oh, big game. Big game. I'm gonna bat Little Stoke. Are you? Yeah. I'm gonna bat. I'm gonna bat Blythe. I'm gonna go Little Stoke. I'm gonna bat Blythe. I'm gonna bat TD coaching in that one. Yeah, I'm gonna bat James Eck and the pros to take Toby Dagg apart. Oh, <laughs> and then Sandford versus Eccleshall. Uh, Eccleshall. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. Right then, on to Div Two. So, All Sage versus the Boys. I'm going to bat the Boys. Come on, the Boys. If if we do win, I'm happy. And if <laughs> and then if I, if we do lose, then I've got the prediction right. So Fair enough. smart, smart idea. Uh, Ballston versus Sandbach. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to predict a very good game there. I'm going to go Ballston. Are you? I think Sandbach will keep the winning run going, the unbeaten run. Yeah, but I think it'll be very tight. We're going to just take them apart. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Mirheath versus Caverswell. Ooh, Caverswell. Yeah, I can't disagree there. Port L twos versus Stafford. Uh, at Port L, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, Port L. Because Stafford, it obviously, it's a bit of a different deck. You know, mm. it's, the man in the winter is probably a road. So yeah. that's where Stafford will win their, their games, I think. But yeah, I'll go for Port L. Fair. Road Park versus Norton and Hales. Uh, Norton and Hales. Yeah, I think that's be what most people say. Then Silverdale versus Oakmore. Oakmore had a bad defeat at the weekend. Oakmore. Came for Oakmore still. Fair enough. And then last but not least, we're into Div 3. Once it loads up on the old plate cricket. Audley 2s versus Wedgwood. Big game. Come on, the boys. It's about time you've got to win. <laughs> oh, it is about time. Fingers crossed. Checkley 2s versus Stone 2s. Uh, Stone twos. Eccleshall twos versus Cheadle twos. Uh, Eccleshall. Ooh, I would have gone Cheadle twos from what I've seen on both sides. Um, Hamford ones versus Hemheath twos. Uh, Hamford against who? Hamford against Hemheath twos. Both two could be ever beating last week. Hamford. Hamford. Meekins twos versus Mod twos. Mm, mod. Going for Mod. Not backing Tariq and Zafa. And it's not really a shot because they're both up there, but yeah. Fair enough. And then Longton Twos versus Crew Ones. Uh, Longton Twos. Fair enough. That'd be a good result, to be fair, for the boys. Let's hope your predictions are right. Right then, last thing I've got to look at from North Staffs was just a quick question about umpires. So I'm going to speak about last weekend, but one thing that was made aware to me from Jono is that you'd no longer even have to give like a score or any feedback on umpires. Do we think that is the correct thing to do? Because personally, I would say no, they should still, and I know it's not easy to get umpires, but they do get paid. So I think the least that they should get is a bit of feedback on on what was, was made of them and what, whether they did a good or a bad job and to help people decide actually whether 
if someone's consistently getting bad scores, then surely you drop them down the ladder a bit more. And if you're getting good scores, you move up the ladder, and it doesn't just go off the the odd the odd visit from the assessors. Um, mm. obviously, big thanks to most. I say most umpires, all umpires for giving up the time. Um, more thanks to some umpires than others, based on <laughs> how, how nice they are to me, um, and whether they trigger me or not. But in all seriousness, yeah, I just think it, it's interesting that they don't, that there isn't any, there doesn't seem to be any feedback around them, which I think is something that maybe should be looked at and should be brought back in. What do you think, dude, dare I ask? I agree with you, to be honest, mate. Not many times I'll agree with you, but... Hey! Uh, I know there isn't a max, you know, a load of umpires and stuff, but, you know, it'd be nice to get, if some people, you know, either can't play cricket for whatever reason or... I don't know, or don't actually want to play, but they might enjoy umpiring. Because I know Kieran Putes, who used to play down Audley, he's he's an umpire, you know, and he's you know my sort of my age. Mm. But you don't seem to get that many younger umpires, do you? No. I'm not saying that you know the older ones aren't very good, but you know some of them genuinely are struggling to hear. I'm C. C. You know, not being horrible or anything. No, it's but, the truth though, isn't it? And there's actually some umpires, genuinely, who don't actually know the rules. Wow. Well, like, yes. you don't mind getting a bad decision from time to time because it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. But when someone genuinely doesn't know the rules. I'm not going to use examples or anything because I'll end up yeah. being banned. <laughs> but, yeah, there were some examples, I believe, yeah. um, recently, <laughs> to say the least. But to not actually know the rules. Like, is it what you want to qualify for an umpire and don't have to, you know be updated on any new rules or anything I don't really know I'm guessing they have umpires meetings or whatever but um, there is some umpires that I've seen that generally don't know some of the rules <laughs> Brilliant well I think we'll leave that there before we get ourselves banned um, little little shout out to whoever our listener was this week who decided to print off uh, some of our graphics um, including a well batted that man one and stuck it up on Cheadle Cricket Club sign bit of guerrilla marketing and a little little tribute out there to our mate Ben Degg. Um, so fair play to, to that fan of the pod. Um, if, if people would like them to become stickers or, I don't know, mugs or T-shirts, then please let us know because we will we'll sort it. But I, I did quite enjoy laughing at the fact that people were sharing and then decided to print off and, and stick them up. So fair play to, to the people who were doing that. But I think that's it, dude, for this week. I think a nice short one this week. Oh, reasonably short, aren't you? Reasonably short. Just an hour of pure cricketing joy for everyone, I'm sure. As England romp home by the looks of it to, to victory here, chasing 130. <laughs> yeah, we need 73 off 85 balls. It should be a piece of pess. So, with that, we'll leave it there. Me and you can go and enjoy watching the end of this game. Um, all our listeners can continue to follow us, subscribe to us, review us, tell everyone else in North Staffs how great we are and how everyone everyone else in the UK how great it is to listen to us because you may as well you can all go on and order yourself some new kit from Woodstock using our discount code please please keep donating on our Just Giving page for Cardiac Risk and the Young get some cry bat stickers off us um, as I say if people would quite like the stickers that have got the different quotes and stuff on them then I'm sure we could make get some of them made up and sell them uh, for Cardiac Risk and the Young as well anything to make money for a great charity and we'll be back next week. I'm not sure if dude will be with us because it is your 26th birthday on the Wednesday. So, might, me, mate. <laughs> yeah, so we might have to record either another night or me and Johnny might just have to go for it on that one. 
Uh, but we'll, we'll be back sometime next week. And actually, the last thing I want to say is if anyone knows of anyone they think would be really good to come on as a guest who they think they could get asked to come on as a guest or they'd like us to ask to be on as a guest, whether it's a professional cricketer, whether it's someone just involved in the world of cricket that maybe you wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily think of, or even if it's just someone locally, um, we'd love to get a few people on um, to join in the chat with us and tell, them, tell us a bit about their life in cricket and what they do in cricket. So please give us a shout out or let us know if you want to get involved or you know someone who'd want to get involved. But that's us done, so go well at the weekend, dude. Get that win for us. And you, my mate. Well, can but hope, mate. Can but hope. Right. And with that, everyone else out there, go well this weekend, especially Mr Ben Degg. I can feel him getting in the papers for not having his stumps put everywhere this week. Good luck to Toby Degg. I'm feeling it as well. The the Deggs are going to do well this weekend. I can feel it. Go well, guys. Cheers for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah.